welcome back to another episode of TV Takeout here on theday.com. I'm Marissa Nadolny. And I'm Kathleen Edgecombe. Hello, Kathleen. How are you? Fine, Marissa. How are you doing? I'm a little overwhelmed with the ground we have to cover <laughs> on today's episode. I know. Walking Dead, Downton Abbey. I don't know. I can't even, like, Downton Walking. I don't know. What are we what Downton are we Dead. <laughs> Downton Dead. Walking Abbey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we do the dead first. Start with the dead? Because, okay. you know, Downton Abbey was a 90-minuter, yeah, and there's a lot of ground to cover there. Yes. So, so let's fly through the dead. I'm going to not bury the lead and mm-hmm. bring up Rishon, okay. the, oh. new, <laughs> the new power couple of Alexandria, Rick and Michonne. Did yes. you see this coming? Um, the Only in the opening scene when Rishon, Michonne <laughs> <laughs> came to the door in her lovely robe, silk robe and her hair up in a towel. Yes. And there was such a domestic scene and blah, blah, blah. And I thought, oh, they're getting together. They were making a little grocery list. Yes. Yeah. And um, one of our uh, coworkers, Greg, <laughs> we were talking about the episode and he's like, who was that lady in the bathroom? <laughs> well, he did not recognize He her? did not recognize the, um. uh, you know, a an unsorted unarmed <laughs> Michonne and it's kind of kind of an interesting thing because covered you know, up too. Yeah. Usually you know? she has those tank tops on and stuff. So. Yeah. And she's just uh yeah. ready ready for action. But so were you surprised? You know, I, I approve. I think this is a great couple. I think finally baby Judith will have, you know, a useful protector on her side. I think it's funny that that um that that <laughs> that they're so domestic. How they sat down and said, so how was your day? How was your day? Oh, I had a day. And they, you know, chuckle about the mints. And oh, yeah. She wanted toothpaste, but he brought her mints instead. Those mints made a spark in the dark. I guess because, so. Because, uh, lo and behold, there's a massive attraction there. They Which have an intimate evening. Did they not know that there was an attraction there before, do you think? Or they, they, just, they were have. so busy, they I just didn't even... I think so. And, you know, this is a nice little power balance here. We've got, you know, Rick the muscle, and Michonne, of course, is muscle, but she's also got the heart and the mind that yeah, leadership in this new place needs. She's so got the heart that Rick has lost. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so then they're together, and then Jesus appears. <laughs> <laughs> I have in my notes, Jesus interrupt us. <laughs> Okay, so they both jump up, stark naked, you can assume. Pretty much. Grab their weapon of choice, and Jesus is standing at the foot of the bed. Must have been a good night. (laughs) Right? I saw Jesus. (laughs) Kind of like feeling the earth move. I don't know. And Jesus, as we know, is, what's his name? Paul Paul Monroe. Paul Monroe. Such an ordinary AKA for Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, my friends call me Jesus. He looked to me like Jay from Jay and Silent Bob movies from the Kevin Smith Clerks <laughs> fame. I'm like, why is Jay attacking Rick and Daryl? That's really stupid. So what's his story? What is going on? He, you know, he meets up with Rick and Daryl when they're on their failed supply run. Mm-hmm. Out of nowhere. And good thing, by the way, that building had the word sorghum written in giant <laughs> letters on it. Because as, you know, Eugene told us, finding sorghum would take the yeah. situation from scary to hunky-dunky. <laughs> Thank you, Eugene. <laughs> Thank you so much. So, yeah, he jumps, and he's wearing a lot of clothes for yeah, summer in the South. He's got a cap. He's got the bandito thing on. He's got three jackets and yeah. boots and gloves. And and he wasn't even sweating. No. Maybe, maybe he is Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> he's not walking on the water. <laughs> he's walking in. Yeah. So yeah. he seemed very equipped. Yes, he did. But he didn't have any weapons on him. And, you know, they both kind of go back and forth. Do you have a camp? Do you have a camp? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, do you have a camp? And then he steals the truck. A massive sort of pissing contest ensues. And it's kind of like a Tom and Jerry cartoon where 
I'm going to steal the truck. I'm going to jump on top of the truck. We're going to fight over the truck. <laughs> I'm going to slam the brakes on. He's going to go flying off the truck in front of us. <laughs> uh, you know, Daryl, see you later. You know, this whole episode had a different vibe to it. Very much so. It I was like the buddy, buddy, buddy uh, movies or whatever. It's like very, you know, there was Rick and Daryl off on their adventure. And who there were other, um, who Michonne and... S- Spencer. Spencer walking around in the woods. Carl and e- Enid sitting on the log reading a book. I don't know. There's a lot of, you know. But with What Rick are you doing today? I don't know. What are you doing today? <laughs> with Rick and Daryl, I wasn't really ready for this sort of goofy. You know, Rick's listening to his rockabilly in there. And mm-hmm. Daryl's like, oh, God, let's not listen to that again. And he's listening to more than a feeling. More than a feeling. Yeah. When I the thing open when the episode opens and they had they were exchanging those glances during the whole episode <laughs> like yeah that's our little secret i don't know it was very strange. they're shotgunning orange crush yeah. I, they're yelling obscenities out the window at the, <laughs> at the guy they just <laughs> dumped on the side of the road they're looking for pop <laughs> for tara who apparently dreams about soda in her sleep yeah i guess what? I, I don't know i mean yeah nice gesture dr denise but who Talks about soda. I, I yeah, whatever. So Daryl so tried. I mean, I was amused. I was entertained for the hour, but I thought it was a little, a little departure. Maybe they were doing that on purpose to, you know, give it lull us into a false sense of security. Maybe so. You know, I'm just not used to seeing them being sort of lighthearted. Seeing being human. I, I, I'm, I'm suspicious. And even Jesus, Jesus himself was kind of a, you know, yeah, he was he was very capable, but also pretty yeah. goofy. So it's kind of weird because so inside the town things were very serious mm-hmm. and then out with the, out in the wood or out down the road with uh rick and <laughs> daryl running again running rick okay they chased down a truck were they sniffing like bloodhounds <laughs> did you see him looking at the road for like track track t- tracks for for van droppings <laughs> what <laughs> they were looking at for tire van tr- scat <laughs> dire tracks <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird that they found this whole truck all equipped. I would love to know what was in that truck. I, I would love to just inventory that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Probably all kinds of lovely baking soda toothpaste. So and I just want to play the the Benny Hill theme over that, that <laughs> whole situation. <laughs> I know. That's exactly what it's like. And then the truck goes into the, they don't put the emergency brake on. Yeah. And it backs into the pond that is apparently the deepest pond in North, wherever they are. Where are they? North Carolina, South Carolina. Yeah, just uh, down it goes. And I'm sure some of that stuff is salvageable if it was some kind of plastic. I don't know. They're going to go diving in there to get well, it. Well, you know, if they had taken it inventory. I want Rick to mess up that shirt he was wearing. Oh, my God. Rick and his tailored shirt. <laughs> he cracks me up. <laughs> he goes to the big man store. <laughs> like, how do you Alexandria? sit in that? <laughs> you can't slouch ever in clothes like that. Maybe and that's why he wears them. Maybe that's why he wears them. Yeah, maybe. Um, maybe so tight clothes make you sit up straight. I, I would think. I should try it. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, that's of why course. Wear flowy things. <laughs> um, so, okay, so a failed supply run. Yeah. They're they're still in a pretty good mood despite it all. Yeah. It was incredibly stupid for Daryl just to even get out of the truck when they get into that field and they, you know, toss Jesus off the <laughs> truck. And then he jumps out and starts chasing him. They just could have driven away. Wait, throw Jesus from the train. <gasps> <laughs> throw Jesus from the van. <laughs> if they if they just kept going. But yeah, no, their know. egos got in the way. Why were they going into that field? I I think I, I don't know if they were just looking for space to knock Jesus off or they just started hearing I don't know. Yeah, I don't Who the hell knows. So No, okay. cuz at that point they didn't know Jesus was up there. That's right. Yeah, I don't know. I couldn't Maybe I, it was a shortcut. Yeah, across the cut. field. I don't know. I'm surprised they don't get more flat tires in the apocalypse. 
Yeah. <laughs> Post-apocalypse world. <laughs> but uh, wandering elsewhere in the world, yeah. we have Spencer on his weird woods walk <gasps> with a shovel. Looking for something. Looking for Did something. Did we know what he was looking for? You know, it, it took me a second. You know, Michonne, of course, being awesome, is doing, you know, she's on watch and sees him in the woods and goes to investigate. Yeah. And she's kind of like, the hell are you doing out here by yourself? And lo and behold. He's looking for his mother. <sighs> he finds Walker Deanna, who... You know, for a dead lady, does not look terrible. <laughs> Remarkably, she looked almost the same as she did in real life, which I feel bad for her because she's not, she's like attractive woman in real mm-hmm. life, but. It's like she had one of those, you know, green mm-hmm. algae masks on or something. Yeah. <laughs> she was you waiting know, to peel it off. <laughs> she was less obnoxious than some of the other walkers. Yeah, you know, she didn't seem that bad. As walkers go, versus the other guy with his neck gone. So I kept waiting for something. I keep waiting that some walker is going to show some kind of humanity. Like something's gonna happen that will show them that not all walkers are like unsalvageable. Or so. I don't know. I I mean I don't know if that's or not just like for target practice or something. Yeah, that that there's m- might be a cure. You know oh. that that there that not everyone is as far gone. Oh, that's intriguing. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I, mean, I, love I, I that. don't know if that'll happen, but that's what I keep. When I saw her too, because she didn't look as bad as everyone else, and I thought she was gonna m- make some kind. I thought that she might like have some kind of recognition or something that would show them that she's not really like all gone. Yeah. But I don't know. That was just me. I I, I don't know. I'm not a writer for the show. So <laughs> no? <laughs> no. Well, food for thought. So, you know, Spencer is able to complete his mission and yep. conversations about family and our duty to family sort of ensue. And he wants to bury his mother. That's he, what he's it, out there doing. Looking. Yeah. And, you know, Carl kind of didn't want to do, do her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. c- because as he tells Michonne later, you know, it, it was for Spencer to do. It's yeah. not for me to do. Yeah. And, um, you know, yeah. so I guess only family, new rule, only family can kill your zombified corpse. <laughs> I think that's a nice family rule because and then, then the love. Little, the little hug on the porch, right? Little hug. Michonne and Carl and the baby, right? When they were having that conversation oh, about yeah. family. Yeah. Wasn't that I, the I, three I, of them hug? I'm telling you, Michonne as new mommy is, I'm I'm so, so pleased. Well, I'm glad to see, uh, I keep wanting to call her Edith, but I'm about <laughs> 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 Judith is, um, has found some binkies in the new world. Oh, so. thank God. Can you imagine having no binkies for a little baby? Those are magical. Even I know that. You know, I think the species would survive. <laughs> or like hand make a binky out of something. Like, I, I don't, I don't really know. know. I don't know. I thought that was funny. And so then all, you know, in completing our, our buddy trip there, we have yeah. Carl and Enid walking yeah. around. Yeah. And reading, um, reading on a log. You know, and she says, I don't want to walk in the woods anymore. Mm. And, you know, fair enough. She ate a damn turtle. Mm-hmm. She's she's had enough of roughing it, and she's finally embracing mm-hmm. some community. So I think this mm-hmm. is you know some. Well, she is and she isn't because you know we see her earlier, and Maggie finds her, and you know where have you been? You're sort of hiding out here, and yeah. you know being sort of a moody teen, but yeah, she doesn't want to walk in the woods anymore. I think Carl and her are gonna get together and have a baby. Oh, I d- they're too young. Babies having babies. No one's too young in this world. She, I mean, she's the tiniest little thing, and. Carl How old are they supposed to be? How old are they supposed to be? I don't know. Well, Carl, they're walking through the woods, and Carl says, we're not kids. I mean, there is some truth to that, for mm-hmm. sure. But, you know, don't don't accelerate the sort of growing up that they've already been forced to endure so much more than anyone else their age. Oh, they're like middle-aged right now. Yeah, yeah. I just, Maybe I they're too know. old to have kids. If they can t- <laughs> <laughs> take some time to just relax. No, no. You know, that would be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, Carl, though, is surprisingly well-adjusted for a one-eyed kid. 
Oh. <laughs> He's doing really well with it. In fact, they've taken a photo. I know that weird black and white. What did you think it was? It was a, like cr- a chromochrome? No, what is it? Was like, like a lithograph or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah, lithograph. It was like a big photo. It was an etching. It was an etching. <laughs> of, let's see, what was it a picture of? Carl holding. Baby Judith. Baby Judith. Black and white. With on his the bandage kitchen. on. Like, could we maybe wait till he has, you know, like a stylish eye patch or something before we capture so the moment of his gross bandage? And when did they take that? Maybe it was a drawing. Maybe it was someone, oh, maybe it was a black and white, like, pencil drawing. That would be... No, it looked like a photo. Yeah, but like a bad photo. Like a photo. I bet, like, I bet it was like a pen. Someone drew it. Yeah. Does anybody draw? Yeah. That. Is there any artists in the group? It looked like film that, you know, had gone through the washer and was <laughs> developed or something. <laughs> but and we're taking photos now and Carl's, Carl's okay with it. <laughs> I guess so. I can't. I hope he gets a really cool eye patch. You know, something. Like what? What's a know. cool eye patch? I don't know. Some kind of like bedazzling stuff on it. <laughs> Somehow I don't think he's going to be wearing a bedazzled eye <laughs> patch. <laughs> and where do you get one? P.S. In the zombie apocalypse. I don't know. There's stores all around. Yeah, because, you know. But, hey, he's he's handling it well. He's doing his physical therapy. He's throwing the ball. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. Uh, well, Jesus <laughs> is sticking around. Cause he's I thought Jesus was a pacifist. <laughs> He's he's also a mixer. This guy, this he, he can fight. And, uh, you know, he did have that great exchange with Daryl where we know he's not a total bad guy because, you know, walkers are they're mm. fighting in the stupid van, fighting, fighting. And there's walkers coming in on Daryl. And oh, yeah, yeah. Duck. Duck. Yeah. And knows how to use a gun. Yeah, that was a g- that was actually good. Although Daryl should have been deafened by that, but uh, <laughs> they all should be deaf by now. We already had that discussion. <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah, maybe that's why it's like yeah, sure, go ahead, shoot right next yeah. to my head. Yeah, in a closed in an enclosed space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so all right, so what uh, I think that I, I think uh, that's that's, that's, w- that's what I've got. You know, it, we've the big bomb was Rashon, yeah. and we approve. And I think that this was um the fir- so the first episode was intense edge of your seat you know everything going on this one was a little more laid back we learned kind of a a lot about different things but it was very laid back it had a lot of comedy in it what are they going to do to us next week i have i I know i am too (laughs) yeah because i just can't handle watching them being domestic and joking about mints (laughs) i know and then was one other thing um the the uh uh what do you call it um blogosphere or whatever no no twitter sphere said all their dreams someone said all our all the twitter spheres dreams have come true because of rishon i mean (laughs) i guess i mean it's it's fine i'm yeah i i you know i hadn't really thought about it that much but i know i guess people had people they were going crazy on on uh, twitter that they got together. Mm-hmm. So hey, Mazel Tov. Uh, so then, you know, the finer, the finer things in life we happen. Open on a lovely meadow. Happen a century earlier. Ladies and their parasols. Lots of parasols in uh, Downton Abbey this week. I loved them all. I loved every one of them. I did, and but you know, so we open with Edith and Cora strolling through a meadow, and they're discussing the mar- marigold yeah. situation, apropos of Bertie's proposal. Yeah. And Cora says. <laughs> He said he'd let you keep her. <laughs> I know. Is she a puppy? That's <laughs> how they treat her. She's <laughs> my ward. <laughs> Good lord. She's my family's ward. And then she takes them to play in a cemetery? What? <laughs> was was that what well, that was um um her sister's gravestone, wasn't it? I don't know which one that was. It was huge. It was um Sybils. Uh, oh my god. I think that's even more weird than I, I thought it was. Because they're cavorting around Auntie Sibby's. Yeah. Well, well isn't it after the wedding? 
Uh, during, I think, maybe. Yeah, or, I don't somewhere. know. It was I mean, that's why they were there, there, I think. But, okay, we have so much going on. So I just, yeah. I just had to... So with Edith, we have the Edith situation. We have two things. We have her kvetching over whether or not to tell Bertie mm-hmm. about Marigold. Mm-hmm. Then we find out that Bertie is the new Marquess of Hexham. He's <laughs> Lord Hexham. And she would therefore outrank all of them. Oh, and golly gumdrops, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> As Lord Grantham says. You know, I don't think I've heard anyone say that since like 1985. Yeah. But um, golly gumdrops, indeed. I think my third grade math teacher used to say that. Yeah, golly yeah. Gumdrops. And um, our Marquess, I, yeah. I checked. Yeah, yeah. Is higher than an earl, which Lord G is, oh. but lower than a duke, and so that's why Mary says, "Can't you find me a duke?" Oh, she's at the height of her witchiness. And I love Lord Grantham. He says he's so happy for poor Edith, who couldn't make her dolls do what she wanted. You know, he <laughs> would not stop with the Edith dissing, and I'm a little tired of it. Poor old Edith. Poor old Edith. Yeah, but he was happy for her. He was, but it was just as so opposed to Mary, oh. begrudging. Mary. Oh, I didn't think so. I thought he was genuinely, ha- genuinely happy. Mary, on the other hand, oh boy. So I, I know you like her, but no. Well, Mary, I have no excuses for Mary this episode. She was horrendous on so many levels. And then she didn't. She wasn't even sorry. Like all those apologies were like. <laughs> I mean, please! I would have smacked her upside the head. Her final apology, like when she and Edith kind of mend fences, <laughs> Edith has the line which she says. I assumed you would be fairly sorry unless you're actually insane. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Edith, if one good thing comes out of Mary's horrible betrayal. Is what? Edith finally got to call her a bitch. Not once, but twice. Yeah, a couple times, yeah. That was good. Nasty, pathetic. (laughs) You're a bitch. You're too stupid and stuck up to see that. Who's in love with her? Not Tony. Henry. Henry. I keep calling him Tony. Henry. You're too stupid and stuck up. I love that line. And I loved when um uh who called her said oh uh Anna's husband there uh, Anna's husband Bates Bates says oh I, your ladies <laughs> what did wait 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 I wrote it down <laughs> is a bit of a bully she's a bit of a bully your lady Mary <laughs> duh you're just noticing this <laughs> but we get ahead of ourselves so the issue is. Uh, Edith hasn't told Bertie who Marigold is. And so much of the episode is spent with the elders fighting over whether or not to tell him. And most of them feel like she needs to tell him. And especially yes. Auntie Rosamond is saying, you know, we can't be the ones helping keep a scandal from right. the Lord of Hexham right. at this point. And, you know, Lord G is like, eh, do we have to? I don't know. <laughs> he just wants to get her married off. Yeah, that's true. And so finally, Mary, at the peak of horrible sisterness. Drops the bomb, claiming innocence, thinking that Edith would have already told her. And it was awful. Tom was is so aghast. mean. It was very mean. At the dent table. Tom's heart just shattered, I think. Mm-hmm. And everybody told her off. You know, Tom told her off. Yeah. He had some good lines when, uh, you know, he confronts her right after. And, you know, he says, you can't stop ruining things. For mm-hmm. Edith, for yourself, how many lives are you going to wreck just to smother your own misery? Mm-hmm. And he calls her a coward. Like all bullies, you're a coward. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, that so was good. So she gets told off good. by Henry, mm-hmm. by Tom, kind of by Violet, definitely by Edith. Yep. Everybody's just so mad at her. And it's about time because she's mm. in suff- There's a couple fronts. There's the whole bomb dropping thing, which was about Marigold, which is horrible. Mm-hmm. And, and then her... Uh, you know, sort of reasoning for not marrying Henry. Mm-hmm. You know, our our lives don't mesh, and mm. my your own stepson went out rank you, and yeah. you know I. You know we're not from the same worlds, and you know, and 
of course it takes Violet to finally get to the bottom of the matter. Mm -hmm. And Mary finally says, I can't be a crash widow again. Yeah, I were you, buy were you that. buying that? No. I know I wasn't either. <laughs> no. I mean, it was a good line, and it would have been good in the beginning of the relationship. Yeah. When she first found out that yeah, he was like, like It takes this long? Yeah, and for that, and for her to be such, so badly behaved. And just cruel. Yeah. Right, right. She was just cruel. Yeah. But, of course, Violet drops the knowledge on her and just says, you know, I believe in rules and, you know, social status and, you know, keeping, th mm. doing our part to keep things in order, but... She says in beautiful Maggie Smith fashion, mm -hmm. I believe in love mm -hmm. and brilliant careers, rich lives are seldom led without just an element of love. Aww. And, you know, she tells Mary, make peace with your sister and make peace with yourself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yeah, she, that's what she, she has her number completely, mm -hmm. you know, and she just says, you know, you're the only person I know who likes to broadcast herself as this nasty, cold yeah. witch. And, She's you know, most of us try to, you know, try to do the opposite as, you know, women in this, yes. in this, these times. Well. You know, cut the, yeah. essentially is yeah right 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 in her own beautiful way. <laughs> that was good. That was a good scene. Except I, I still I can't stand Mary, and I know she's gonna come out smelling like roses. She already did. She had the fastest wedding of all. Oh time. yeah, right, right. That's right. I forgot about. Yeah, right. <laughs> so let's get married at two o'clock. <laughs> she sends Henry a telegram. He comes running back to her. Which, you know, he must know what he's signing up for. Because she's decided, you know, I've finally met my match. It only took Tom and everyone else. And she yells at Anna about it. She yells at Tom. And nobody thinks I know my own mind. And then after her Violet conversation, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna do this thing. I'm going to marry him and be happy and stop being a wench. Yeah. So we'll he, see. He comes. His uncle's a bishop. He's got a marriage <laughs> license. <laughs> In his pocket. She has a wedding dress ready. I guess you didn't really get dressed up that much for your weddings in those days. Yeah, but... Oh, she didn't want a big wedding. She already done that. She didn't, but geez. Fastest wedding. So now they're married. So now they're married. And good old Edith. Edith comes back from London. Except I loved Edith's London trip when she went to the office and she loves her new editor. And she they get along editor. really well. And they, they, they have like a real camaraderie. And I think Edith really shines when she's at the um, the magazine. And... and She's getting ready to meet <laughs> the new, the uh, initial Ann Landers or whatever they're supposed to. Miss Cassandra to. Jones. Yeah, who gives advice, right? Advice columnist? Yes. And who is it? Oh, first of all, they have an agreement. If you, what, what's the <laughs> thing? If you if you think it's, this is actually the, the person. The person. You know, say, say, say something. Say something, like bananas. <laughs> <laughs> and in walks Spratt. And there's Spratt, who is Lady Cassandra. Miss Cassandra Jones. <laughs> Which is so funny. I love that. I love that. I thought that was good. Uh, hey, why not? But um, yeah, I did like that. Mm. You know, we start to see that Edith is going to recover. She's able to talk about it with, you know, not people in her social strata. And her editor calls her Edith, not Lady Edith. Yeah, right. right. And, you know, she talks about Mary and calls their struggle or their conflict a lifelong struggle. So maybe she didn't really love this guy. Uh, you know, he, he turned out to be such a wimp who I didn't see that coming. Yeah, um, his mother's apparently a pistol. <laughs> I, d I didn't see him as being like a mama's boy or a wimp or, I mean, he didn't even like digest what they said. It's like automatically he like dismisses Edith because I can't trust you, so I can't marry you. And it's weird because he wasn't so much against the concept of her having an Ill illegitimate daughter. Yeah, it was that she just didn't tell him. And, you know, she might have told him sooner. You know, She probably would have told him, but how do you tell someone like that in that day and age? True. How do you drop that bomb? She should have sent Violetin. To do it. Yeah, I mean, she should have. She was just, mul you know, it was she was anguishing over it. She wasn't happy. Really, she was happy in the office. She was. She was in her element yeah. and smiling and yeah. light. 
And she was bucking up in, yeah. you know, true. So I hope things turn out well for Edith. It's going to be fine. He's going to come back. Uh, maybe Violet will have a hand in it. Or maybe Mary. I hope Mary. Mary actually owes her. So I hope Mary, like, loses all her money and has to live in the village. <laughs> or maybe. <laughs> With has five little kids running around. <laughs> and she has no servants to take care of them. Mary's going to go to Tangier and, you know catch malaria too like and bing birdies binkies cousin. haven't been invented no yet binkies. so <laughs> yeah and, and edith is gonna live the luxury l- l- life in london and her daughter's growing to grow up to be a lovely young woman and yeah and yeah. they'll be best friends well we'll see we'll see how it goes but mary owes edith at this point so i suspect she's gonna because we only have one episode left we do we have which one everything's to go. gonna get wrapped up and it's not next week, it's the week after. They take a week off. You know, and some wrapping up has already happened. We've got, you know, Mosley, yeah. who's going to be, you know, the future subject of a, you know, Dead Poet Society kind of movie. <laughs> Tells his little gremlins, never give up on learning. I thought that was beautiful. Except how did he go from, like, one day to the next? Like, one day the kids are, like, jumping on the desks and throwing spitballs, and the next day they're, like, can't, can't stop looking at him and listening and stuff so well, I thought he that was with them baxter gave him the very good advice yeah. to just tell the truth yeah i guess it was all right i'm i'm happy for him that'll be good daisy will be good that's wrapped up as far as i'm concerned mrs mrs patmore <laughs> and her situation oh my god that was funny okay i've never seen her so unhinged i know that was good she was she good. almost fainted Plus, how she tall is she is she's like two feet tall yes because i've the never seen little thing I've never seen her anywhere but in the kitchen behind the <laughs> table. So I guess I never, or next to Daisy, who must be tiny too. Yeah, she's pretty tiny. But then when she went up to the drawing room there, she was like the little tiny person. I know, she's like this little little muffin. I don't <laughs> know. Butterball or something. No, not butterball, but something. But, you know, she freaks out mm-hmm. because, you know, officer always there mm-hmm. tells her, uh, listen, you had an adulterous couple in your joint. Yeah, that kind of bugs me. It's getting known as a house of ill repute. <laughs> And then she almost falls down. And the family volunteers to go there to make it look good. But she, you know, she goes back to the B and B and starts literally screaming <laughs> at her knees. <laughs> that was. And she's just freaking out. And Carson is no help whatsoever. So Carson is every bit as stuck up as Mary is. He really is, and he's not sympathetic at all. He's he does not me. like the plan for the family to go sort of class up the joint. Mm. Um, and, yeah. you know, he tries to kibosh the, the whole rumor that this happened. And, of course, Anna tells Mary upstairs and they laugh their heads off. They have a proper laugh. I don't know why everyone was laughing at this whole thing. Like I, It's it not funny, haha, if you ask me. I know. I thought it was kind of rude of all of them to be doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Mrs. Patmore's. Yeah. B&B is a house of yeah. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Like, jeez, don't was a little crappy of, about it. I thought it was a little out of character for all of them. <laughs> I mean, what has ever cracked them all up? Yeah, Nothing. right? And now the poor cook gets like, t- like, oh great! I don't know her that fledgling business might I know. fail. <laughs> I know. That's hilarious. Crikes, crikey, crikey! So, um, you know, I think she'll be all right, Mrs. Patmore. That is okay. Um, who else we got? Um, <laughs> Anna's gonna have a baby. Anna's gonna have a stupid baby, as we all know. Um, and then we do have the Isabel and Miss Crookshank situation. Oh yeah, whatever. And she was pretty frank with her as well. Yeah, that was good. And these, she said, "Get your uh, get thee to a nunnery, crank, no. <laughs> cranky little man there, Larry, to yeah. come tell me everything." Yeah, cool. and then and then we then can talk. <laughs> we'll then we'll talk. talk. And I was like, "You go." <laughs> so oh, but what she'll probably marry Lord Merton. Do you think? Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Someone's got to die. He's so funny. He's just like, oh, things are happening. <laughs> He's so Maybe? clueless. You talk to my, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he speaks. La, 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 with my top hat She on. speaks for my son. No, she doesn't. 
<laughs> so she's lovely. No, she isn't. <laughs> I, you know, and of course, other things that are wrapped up sadly, but maybe it's not over yet is <gasps> poor Barrow. Oh, it was so sad. He got a rejection letter and it sent him over the edge. He's so lonesome. And good old Baxter, though, has the presence know, of mind to run back. You know, she realizes something's amiss. Because Molesley says, you know, Mr. Barrow said something odd yeah. to me today about hopefully my life will be better than his ever did. Mm-hmm. Turn out better than his ever did. Mm-hmm. And so Baxter goes and saves his life. Yeah. And, um, you know, yeah. one shred of redemption from Mary is bringing, she brings little George to visit him because George loves Mr. Barrow. I know. And George says, Mr. Barrow. And brings <laughs> yeah, him a, an orange. And you know where, to th- where make they're getting feel better. Yeah. So... They they mm-hmm. agree to let him stay mm-hmm. a bit, mm-hmm. but it's like it needs to be more than that. It can't just be this sort of, you know. Who said somebody said uh, I didn't know Thomas Barrows had a heart? Oh, Lord G and Carson are talking about it. They're saying I never credited him with feelings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like really, you guys. You know, I thought he was a man without a heart. That's what Carson says. They're they're both so out of touch. And but then Lord G says no man is an island, not even Thomas Barrow. Yeah. Oh, suddenly you know that when two <laughs> seconds ago you're saying he didn't have feelings. It's like they don't even right. know the names of their servants. Remember the servant who came back and they didn't even know she lived in the house for two yeah. years. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> you know, if it's a puppy, forget it. They they have everything memorized. And P.S. The puppy is still chewing on the basket. I know it. By the way, love lover. <laughs> that was good. But um. Yeah, so I don't. So we still have to wrap up. Then we have to figure out what's going on with Barrow, with Edith. Mary's kind of taken care of. I mean, she's gonna be off. Do you think something's gonna happen with Lord G and the misses? Don't care. Really? Yeah. What about the whole hospital thing? Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm on, I'm on the edge of my seat, <laughs> waiting to see what happens with that. We have to see what's gonna happen with Mr. Tom Branson, who you know really. Oh, I told you who he's gonna meet. Oh, that's right. The editor. The editor. Yeah. yeah. That's my yeah. prediction. But he was all over this Mary situation and being he, his own Ann Landers and, you know, urging her to reconsider. And he was just very invested in her happiness. And I'm like, where does this come from? You're, <laughs> you're very nice, but geez. You wanted him to get together. I know. And, you know, and at one point, though, he says, you know, if Henry were the new Marquess, you would be all over that. Oh, yeah. Shame on you, he says. Yeah. So Don't lie to me. You know, Mary is dressed down in several ways. She and doesn't even care, though, because she's so egotistical. You know, we'll see, because she's got a lot of... You think she's going to change? Make, I'm not I'm not saying change, but she's got a lot of redeeming to do in this next episode. And we'll see if she ma- manages it. I can't imagine how she can redeem herself. She can't redeem herself in my book. But, you know, hey, at least Edith got to tell her off a little bit. And Edith is just so much more mature in this whole situation. Edith is great. I love Edith. And, um, I don't know. Hopefully we'll be able to applaud that last episode like the villagers applauding the Crawleys as they left the p and Like, that's adorable, but jeez, you guys. <laughs> Although, you know, another applaud scene was when, um, you know, Daisy kind of spills the beans to downstairs that she listened in on Mosley's class. Oh, and yeah. she says, you're natural. Yeah. And he beams and uh, they all clap for him. I thought that was very cute. Yeah. I enjoyed that. I wouldn't spend my life with someone I don't trust and who doesn't trust me. That's why they broke up. Yeah, I mean, you know, so he wasn't as horrible as he could have been. Oh, I think he was horrible. Well, I think he was horrible. He, oh, it could have been a lot worse, I think. I think a lot of other people would have. Oh, you're a coward, Mary. Like all bullies, you're a coward. Yeah. See, that's what it was. Yeah, you're right. I can't get over Mary. She's like, she's pissing me off. Oh, I can't <laughs> say that. I mean, she's making me angry. <laughs> so, but I'm very anxious for the final episode. But hey, she visited Matthew's grave and talked to the stone. Yeah, and, whatever. And said, you know, the truth is, I love him. She only did that for the camera. <laughs> 
She cares, man. No, she doesn't. She's met her match, she says. No, she hasn't. Yeah. She's going to walk all over him. Well, he, he listen, if anything, he she knows. She whistled and he came. <laughs> he knows what he's signing up for. There, I mean, <laughs> they all know what no they're signing way, up for. You know, he can never say, oh, I didn't realize you were such a domineering person used to getting your own way. So, whatever. Whatever. Let him have it. Fine. I don't know. On that note, we're going to wrap up this ever so saucy episode of TV Takeout here on Day.com. We'll be back next week to talk about Walking Dead because Downton Abbey's taking the week off and whatever else comes up. Find this podcast on theday.com and on SoundClouds and iTunes and find us on Twitter at the Desk. And I'm at Edgecombe Day. And now here's straight to VHS.